Amen. He has good plans. And so uh, it's my opportunity. Uh, it's such a privilege to preach this morning. We just are moving into a sermon series this December called Fulfilled about how God coming to earth, Jesus Christ, was the fulfillment of everything told. Hundreds of prophecies. So over the next couple of weeks, Pastor Chris is really going to dive into Jesus Christ being the fulfillment of every every prophecy, every scripture ever spoken about him. And it's, it's exciting to be able to dig into that this time of year. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Let's get right into the word. I'm so privileged to be preaching this morning. Thank you, God, for your plans. That's such an appropriate song. When I saw that they were singing that this morning, I just got a little excited. Man, he has good plans. All right, let's read from Galatians 4. Just two verses. Pastor Chris gave me these notes to study. I did not know it was possible to get so much information out of two verses. But let me tell you all, these two verses, they say a lot. It's a lot to wrap your head around. It's a lot to be excited about. It's a lot to just thank God about these two verses. Galatians 4, verses 4 and 5. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. All right, let's do it. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. It's so short, I think we could probably read it again. I don't think your knees will break. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your your word to us, your goodness, your plan. Thank you that you have a good plan. Thank you that you're always working your plan. Thank you, God, that you, you foretold your plan. You accomplished it. You're working now. There's things you're still doing. All the way until you come back again, God, there's good plans for us, for your body, for our kids, for our life. Thank you for your plans. Thank you for your work. Thank you for this time of year. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's be seated. You know, I hate to make it sound so simple, and maybe maybe this is like a a kindergarten class this morning, but I don't think it can be oversimplified that the entire story of the Lord, the entire story of the Bible could be summed up in about six words. Man sinned. And God saved us. Think about that. 
That's the whole story. I mean, we read in the beginning, he created the heavens and the earth, and then he created man. And then Adam and Eve sinned against the Lord by taking the fruit that was forbidden and sinning. And then God, in his divine nature to save us, he uh, entered into a plan. He spoke a plan into existence to save us. So, six words. Man sinned. I'm counting and. (laughs) And God saved us. It's really that simple. We sinned and he saved us. That's the good news of Jesus. That's the good news of Christmas. That man sinned and he saved us. So it's my responsibility this morning to communicate that Jesus was the fulfillment of God's plan to save us. It's necessary these next couple weeks to understand that Jesus was the fulfillment of many prophecies. It's important because, simply put, Jesus is the only way to heaven. That's it. He's the only way to heaven. There's no other way to heaven. There's no other way to eternal life. There's no other way for us to make up for our sin except through Jesus. There's no other way to peace. There's no other way to joy. There's no other way this, this time of year to uh, him than Jesus. Amen? So through this whole series, Pastor Chris will talk about the miraculous connections between Old Testament prophecy leading to the birth of Jesus, and today we're going to look at why it had to be Jesus. I learned a new word looking at these notes this week. Some of you might have heard this word before, and I might butcher it, but it's proto-evangelium. Anybody ever heard that word before? The proto-evangelium, famously known as Genesis three fifteen. We're going to put that up on the screen. We're going to read that real quick. This is famously known as the Proto-Evangelium. Two words there, Proto meaning first, Evangelium meaning good news. And and, and in the Bible, right when Adam and Eve sinned, directly after that, if you remember how the story goes, Jesus, or God himself, found them in the garden. He acknowledged their hiding. He, He made a sacrifice and covered their nakedness. And then he spoke this famous verse, Genesis 3.15. I will put enmity between you and the woman. Now keep in mind, he's talking to the serpent, the one who deceived us, the one who deceived Adam and Eve to sin. He's saying to the serpent, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. This is a famous foundational anchor scripture found in the very first book of the Bible directly after we sinned. You remember those six words? We sinned and God saved us. This is the first information that we get in scripture that he's speaking to the enemy and he's saying, I will put enmity between you and the woman. Her offspring will bruise your head. And he spoke into existence I am going to save the world. 
That's what he did. He said, I see you, you sinned, and I'm going to save you. Your offspring will bruise his head. That's a fancy word. So now, this week, you could tell people about the Proto-Evangelium. And you could sound all smart. God alone knew when the time was full. So the three things that we're going to look at today is that mankind fell and then God saved us. And in that, we see a couple things. We see the fullness of time. We see God sending the son and we see that he was sent under to redeem and then we're adopted as sons. So we're going to dive into these, these couple things this morning. And the very first one, if you're taking notes, is called the fullness of time. How many know that God has perfect timing? God alone knew when time was full. He knew when he said that her offspring will bruise his head. He knew when he said that, that hundreds of years later, Jesus would come. And he knew the fullness of that Jesus coming to earth, the fullness of time. He alone knew, knows when time is full. So Jesus coming to earth happened at the right time. The right time. How many of you would say that you feel totally confident in the timing of God? And if if you were to fill out an assessment right now online that just assessed your current acceptance of, yeah, you know what? He's right on time in my life right now. Everything that's happening in my life right now, it just totally proves out that he, he is on time. I think we get a mixed review. I think if I filled that out, I'd, I'd fill it out a little differently today than I would, uh, would have filled it out Wednesday. <laughs> Some of you know about Wednesday. It's the times in your life where God is not, it doesn't feel like he's there. It doesn't feel like he's on time. Circumstances have transpired and it doesn't, it doesn't feel like there's hope coming or that there's peace coming or that there's joy coming. But it's in times like that where we've got we've to put our faith over our feelings and acknowledge that his timing is perfect. Amen? You've got to acknowledge his timing is perfect. God's timing uh, is not a calendar dependent on mankind or whether or not we're getting the job done. It is the sovereign timeline of God and God alone. He moves. If God moves, it's because he planned to do it. If God delays, it's because he planned to do it. I want to read you this scripture about how God talks to us about time. Acts 1-7 says this. He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his authority. Isn't it awesome how God gives us enough details to be ready, but not enough details to like know anything? (laughs) 
I will put enmity between you and the woman. He will bruise your head. He will bruise his heel. Hmm. That's good information. <laughs> we get enough details to be ready. God, something I want to try to talk about this morning is about the fullness of time is that the Lord gives us enough information to be ready, but not enough information to, to, to know fully. Does that make sense? And oftentimes we don't have confidence in things until we know fully. Uh, and so what we, what, we, what we learn in scripture is that God sent out a plan to deal with our, like we messed up. He made a plan to save us, but he didn't give us any other, he didn't give us much more information to that. Now, the cool thing is, is he did give us a lot of information. Like I said, enough information to, to, to be ready for it. Um, something that Pastor Chris is going to dive into is that there were hundreds of prophecies foretold about the birth of Christ throughout the Old Testament. You can, if you draw these, these, all these lines, they connect Old Testament prophecy, birth of Christ, Old Testament prophecy, birth of Christ, hundreds of prophecies, hundreds of years before he told us that he was sending the Messiah. But he didn't say anything about coming to a Virgin Mary. Does that make sense? Enough details to be ready for the Messiah, but not enough information to know that it, he'd be born in a manger. Not enough information to know that, that, that it, he would be born into like poverty and into the, the weird circumstances where the wise men would visit a king and, and shepherd, or angels would visit shepherds and then shepherds would visit a manger and, and the son of God would be born in those circumstances at that time. When Jesus, or I'm sorry, when, yeah, when, when Jesus was talking to the disciples, he said, it is not for you to know the times, the days, the hours. This, this information only the father knows, but you have enough information to be ready. And so you do see that in the Old Testament. You see wise men who are ready. Hey, there's a Messiah coming. You see angels who are ready. And so all of that happened because God knows how to time things. And so we were given enough information to be ready before Jesus was born. See, this is it's so helpful to zoom out sometimes and look at the whole picture that man sinned and God saved us. Okay, what is that? That was man sinning in the garden and then Jesus coming to earth and then Jesus coming back again. Am I making sense? He, he worked out, he's working out these plans that he has to totally save us from our sin and then totally rescue us from this world. The second coming of Jesus. So we had enough information to be ready the first time he moved. And he didn't only move twice. I hope you're not hearing that. Because <laughs> he's moving now. He's moving in your life. He's moving in my life. He's moving in your kids' lives. He's moving in this church. He's moving in the United States. He's moving all around the world. His church is advancing. You, you know what I'm saying? He's, he didn't only do two things. But I would argue that he only did two really big things. He saved us 
and he's going to come back for us. And in the fullness of his perfect timing, he will do it. He will give us enough information that we'll be flabbergasted by how it happens. And the same is true. The second coming of Christ will be just like the first. We'll have enough information to be ready, but not enough information to know when it's going to happen. That is just the nature of God's perfect timing. So in your life, you have to ask yourself, can I trust God's timing? Because as we alluded to before, sometimes it's, it's, it's weird. Sometimes it doesn't look like there's a Messiah coming. Sometimes it's, well, we don't get to live for hundreds of years, but sometimes it's hundreds of years before God fulfills what he was going to do. And we don't know the end. So I was talking to my wife a little bit about this message last night. And I said, you know, the tricky thing sometimes about being a Christian is that God had promised us something. And, and, the, and the thing about it is, is we might not even live to see it. Like Adam and Eve were promised in the garden. He co- think about it. He covered their nakedness. He threw them out of the garden. He, 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 he dealt with their shame. And then he gave them his plan of salvation that I'm going to save the world. And, and then they, they didn't see any of it. They had to just die believing that God was going to do that. Now we have the benefit 2,000 years later, or thousands and thousands of years later, that we did see the coming of the Messiah, right? That's what we're celebrating Christmas. But there's no way Adam and Eve could have, could have seen that. And that's the tricky thing about God's perfect timing is for some of us, it puts, a, it puts a large smile on our face and we can say, hallelujah, thank you God for your perfect timing. And for others of us, because of circumstances in our life, we can say, it don't really feel like he's got the best timing. I mean, if you were to ask me, I think his timing's kind of lousy. And we find ourselves in like the two waiting rooms of life. You ever been in life's waiting room? Just kind of waiting on an answer. You're waiting on that person to get better. You're waiting, you're waiting on that job to improve. You're waiting on a healing. You're waiting on some kind of confidence that you don't have. You're waiting. And I think... The only thing that I can tell us today to encourage us is that God is in control and you can trust him. And that if he worked out the Messiah coming to earth and he's working out his second coming, surely he can work out your healing. Surely he can work out your salvation. Surely he might have you in a waiting room. But I can tell you, he is moving. So these two waiting rooms, you have to think about this. The, the, way, I'm, the way I'm... Seeing it is in the beginning, Adam and Eve messed up, and then God promised the Messiah, and you had this huge waiting room. I mean, all of the stuff that happened in the years that passed before the Messiah came to earth, you had mankind and all of creation just groaning for the Savior, for the Messiah, and, and, and that's one waiting room. And then in another waiting room, we had the coming of the Messiah, 
in between his second coming and now we're all here after the Messiah has come, but before he came back and we're in that waiting room of life. That is what this is. I'm going to give you all free biblical counseling right now. (laughs) It's very helpful sometimes to look at your life in the context of, and I know this is just a small, like we just talked about the grand scheme of things. And then if you're going to talk about my life, it's just a wave tossed in the ocean, a vapor in the wind. You know, the Bible says it's just a, it's just a blip. It's an important blip. And so it's very helpful sometimes to look at your life from when you were born and then an event. Let's just call the event your salvation. Can you think back to the event in your life when you were saved? Can you think back? You were born, physically born. An event happened. You were born again. For some of you, that might have been in the Sunday school class, four years old, sipping Kool-Aid. Yes, I'll follow God. You know what I'm saying? I love people with that story. For me, it was 16 years old, right? Coming to a youth group at Hedgesville Assembly of God and having an an event, a salvation. So you have your, your physical birth, your rebirth, and then you have all the way over here going to heaven, your death. I didn't want to say it like that, but it's going to happen. Your death. And so you have your birth, your rebirth, and your death. And everything in between your rebirth and your death. And by the way, after death is sweet. For those who believe, it's the glorification of your body. All your sin vanquished. Healing. Ultimate just glorification. The perfect heaven forever with God, right? Right. But everything in between is called sanctification. It's called trusting God's perfect timing. It's called walking through, we just sang about it, the valley of the shadow of death, walking through victory, walking through pain. And, and that, that whole, it's so helpful to zoom way out if you're going through it because you can see your life as I was a person, I was born. Oh, and then I was reborn. That was really cool. Let me think back about that time when I was reborn, when I was going to hell because of my sin, and then I believed in Jesus, and now I'm going to heaven because of my faith in him. That's a really cool moment no matter what you're walking through. Amen? Sometimes it's helpful in life no matter what you're walking through to just remember, I was saved. He loved me. He died for me. He forgave me. Because I put my faith and trust in him, I get to go to heaven. And then everything else is learning how to trust the Lord before either two things happen, his second coming or our death. Aren't you encouraged today? (laughs) The two waiting rooms of life. He basically tells us what's going to happen and how to live. Before the coming of the Messiah, he said, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to send my son. He's going to bruise his heel, bruise his head. And here's how to live. Ten commandments. Here's what's going to happen and how to live. And then in this waiting room, I'm going to come back for my church. Here's what's going to happen and here's how to live. It gives us just enough information to know what's going to happen and how to live. Tells us to be ready. Amen. 
So man sinned. God saved us. He's got an amazing timing thing. He knows when the time is full. He knows when the time is full to have a Berkeley Springs campus. He knows when the time is full to have a biblical counseling center. He knows when the time is full for you to come to salvation. He, he knows the fullness of time. Amen. So Christmas is about God saving the world. And the very first thing that we learn is that he has perfect timing. Amen. The second thing, it was the right time, but then it was the right person. Okay. He sent his son. He sent his son. Now, Pastor Chris wanted to make sure that I went over something. And it's that we believe in the Trinity. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? We believe in a Trinitarian view of God. So it had to be at the right time and it had to be the right person. Remember this, those two verses we read at the very beginning, that in the fullness of time, God sent his son, his son. This is not just the son. Because we believe in the Trinity, we believe it was also the father and it was also the Holy Spirit. That somehow, some way, God is three in one. We have three ways to access the same God. We have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. That means that we have three access points to the same God. That's something to get a little bit excited about. But it's also something to know that he sent the right person. When God went to do what only God could do, only God himself came to this earth. Because while the Bible says he was fully man, Jesus, born unto Mary, under the law, was fully man. But the Bible also says that he was fully God. Meaning that it wasn't just the Son that came to earth, it was also the Holy Spirit. And it was also God the Father. You know, the term Trinity is a fascinating term. I remember when I first got saved writing my, the very, my very first response being like a, a Christian, a new Christian, 16 years old, just picked up the acoustic guitar for the first time. I wrote a song called Trinity. Just excited about that. That means that the Trinity is at work in your life. The Trinity. The Holy Spirit is in you. The Father is protecting you and loving you. and taking. The Son is giving you relationship with, him, with God himself. The Trinity is at work in your life. The Trinity was at work in creation. The Trinity is at work in salvation. The Trinity is at work in sanctification. And ultimately, the Trinity will be at work in your glorification in heaven. The term Trinity was used as early as 180 AD. This is not a new concept to describe the relationship between God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, there's a thing called the, you ever heard the Apostles' Creed? Yeah? 
There was a thing before that called the Old Roman Creed. And this dates as early as 341 A.D. And I'm going to read it. I think it's pretty neat. It says, I believe in God the Father Almighty and in Christ Jesus, His only Son, our Lord, who was born from the Holy Spirit. So you have the Father, you have Jesus the Son, and you have the Holy Spirit right here. I believe and the Virgin uh, was born from the Holy Spirit, and the Virgin Mary, who was under Pontius Pilate, was crucified and buried, and on the third day rose again from the dead, ascended into heaven, sits at the right hand of the Father, whence he will come to judge the living and the dead and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Church, the remission of sin, the resurrection of the flesh, flesh and life after lasting, everlasting. And then we come to the Apostles' Creed which I'm also going to read. I'm doing this to explain that we believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. He is three in one. Amen? The Apostles' Creed. Maybe you know it, and maybe you can say it along with me. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was con Received by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and buried, descended into hell on the third day, rose again from the dead, ascending into heaven, sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. Thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the remission of sin, the resurrection of the flesh. Wow. Man sinned. God saved us. Amen? Why is it so important to know who saved us? Because Jesus was not an incomplete version of God. Jesus was not a Hail Mary. He wasn't fourth and long to win the game. A last-ditch effort to score right before the game ended. That's not what we're, that's not true. Jesus is fully God, meaning that God himself came to earth. It had to be Jesus because it had to be God. John 1, uh, 1 through 4 says this, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. Without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Meaning that Jesus was with God when God created the earth. Meaning that the Holy Spirit was with God when God created the earth. Creation was a trinity job. In this famous verse, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Jesus was the only one who could do the job. So you had the right person. You had the right time. You have the right person. And now we have to talk about the right way. The right way. We're going to put that verse back up that we started with, those two verses. And I want you to pay attention to something. It goes like this, Galatians 4, 4 through 5. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman. And then what does this next part say? 
born under the law to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as son. Emphasizing, underlining, highlighting, circling that he was born under the law. It had to be the right way. It had to be the right way. So, I'm going to try to quickly go over this. Um, Jesus, do you remember there's a passage of scripture in the Bible where he did not consider equality with God as something to be kept, but he humbled himself and became a man. That means that he left his high position of God to become man. And he had to come under the law. He was born from the Virgin Mary under the law. That means that the the God of all creation had to come out of his position and under the law into our position. So it had to be done the right way. And the only way that it could be done that way was with, with it being the right person. So we read about a similar circumstance in the life of Moses. Do you guys remember that guy? That he left, he left Egyptian rule and royalty, palace life, to go back with the Hebrew people, to go back under the law. So we have this, Moses is like this Christ figure who goes, who goes under. He joins in. Moses joins in with the oppression of his people. You have to, you have to know this morning that Jesus, God himself, joined into your suffering with you. He joined into my suffering with me. He joined in under the law. He had to become under the law to fulfill the law. Am I making sense? That nobody else could come under the law and fulfill it perfectly. It had to be him, but it had to be done that way. The reason it had to be done that way is because somebody needed to satisfy the righteousness of God. It only could have been Jesus and it only could have been done the way that he did it. Becoming a man like us and following, fulfilling the perfect law of God. Had to be him. Luke 4.18. And you might want to leave this one up for a while. Jesus says, "The the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering sight to the blind and set at liberty those who are oppressed. I kind of want us to pay attention to how many times he referred to himself. God, Jesus proclaiming this in the temple. If you remember, he stands up, he's quoting the book of Isaiah and he's saying, the Lord is upon me. I am the Trinity. God sent the right person to do it the right way. He anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me. Only the right person could do it the right way. Another example of this, 2 Corinthians 5.21. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, that in who? Him we might become the righteousness of God. It had to be 
Jesus. In God's perfect timing, he sent his perfect son to do it a perfect way that he came under the law to fulfill it perfectly. So this might be the best part of the message. And I'm going to invite the band to come back up as we close today. Remember that verse, super simple, two verses that in the fullness of time, God sent his son under the law and then the best part, to redeem us so that we might be adopted as sons. It's a Christmas message. This is, we sinned and God saved us. This is tying it all together. This is that Jesus, the right person, came and did it the right way. And we have adoption. We're redeemed and are adopted as sons. We receive full rights as sons. That's really cool. That is really cool. If you could think back to the, your salvation moment, you became a child of God. You, you were adopted into God's family. Man, that's so cool. I have in my notes here that the word for this kind of adoption does not simply refer to the idea of Western adoption, where uh, a child's needs are provided for by their non-biological family. But the word used here for adoption is quite different. And that when we're adopted through Christ Jesus, we become sons and daughters with full rights. That's what this word adoption means, full rights. So why is that so important? It's different from the, the idea that God's just going to adopt us and take care of us. No, it's he adopts us in that we're co-heirs with Christ. We have full rights to the fam, to the things of God. So full rights this time of year. I just wanted to encourage you closing this way that if you find yourself in one of those waiting rooms of life, right? That you might be waiting, but you're not without. That's all I came to say. That while we were waiting on a Messiah, we might have been waiting, but we were not without. We were not without his good word. We were not without prophecy. And now that we're waiting on the second coming of Jesus, we might be waiting, but we're not waiting without. We have, for I prepare a place for you. We have, we have a lot of plays to call. We have love your enemy. We have pray for those who persecute you. We have, we have for God so loved the world that he gave us one and only son. We have, we might be waiting, but we're not waiting. We're not without. that God would never leave his kids without, okay? This is so important because we cannot be truly free 
without the rights that were provided for us. We, might, we, we could never be truly free without this. Couldn't be redeemed. We couldn't be empowered. We couldn't be uh, healed. We couldn't, we couldn't be given strength. But because we're adopted with full rights, amen, we get freedom, we get healing, we get endurance, we get power, we get salvation, we get it all. We get the whole thing. God worked it once and he's working it again. And in the meantime, he can work it in you. He can work out your healing. He can work out your salvation. He can work out your strength. Amen. That in the fullness of time, the right person did it the right way. And because of that, you have the right resources. You have everything that you need this time of year, no matter what the circumstances. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together. So again, might have been a little bit like elementary school today, but the Lord that we sinned and God saved us. That's the best way to launch off this fullness series that we sinned and God saved us. It had to be his perfect timing. It had to be the perfect person. It had to be done the perfect way. And God accomplishes everything that he says. Amen. You can believe that he accomplishes everything that he says. So as you are in life's waiting room, I want to encourage you, you are not without. He has sent his son to empower you, to give you strength, to heal you, to give you comfort if you're grieving, to give you hope if you're hopeless. Yeah, to heal you if you're sick. He came to give it all. He gave it all so that you could have it all, so that I could have it all. Amen. So leave today full of hope, full of strength, full of trust in the Lord. And he who did it once can do it again. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for your goodness. Thank you that you're, you're just perfect. Thank you that you have good plans, that you, you accomplished God's salvation for our life. And I just want to pray for anybody listening right now who feels like they're without. God, would you just remind them that they might be waiting, but they are not without because they have placed their faith in the perfect God who has given us everything. So may that be an encouragement to someone listening today that they can have the goodness of God in their life. Pray for us as we go into this week. God bless us, bless our families. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Thanks, guys.